So we begin today our Advent season. Um, this year we're going to, uh, to share around the theme of uh, what I'm calling the first Noels. Noel is it a word we hear a lot of times, at, at, well, quite a bit, at Christmas time. And if you're like me, I grew up hearing this word a lot, but I, I didn't really know what it meant other than Christmas, which actually is part of what it means. Noel actually comes from Latin natalis, which means birthday. Capitalized, Noel means essentially Christmas, the birthday, the birthday of Christ the Lord. But it also can be used as a name for Christmas carols. Uh, if, you, if you don't capitalize it, a Noel is a Christmas carol, a Christmas song. Uh, songs that uh, carolers would sing at Christmas time. So our theme for this Christmas season, the first Noels, is about the original songs of Christmas, created and presented as part of the original Christmas story. Um, you can see in your bulletin, I've given you kind of an outline of where we're going to go together. Today's text is uh, a part of the Christmas story known as the Visitation. And as with any text of scripture, it is good for us to consider this one as, first of all, history, and then as literature, and then finally and foremost as theology, an expression, a revelation of God. So in terms of history, what we're going to see here is Mary going to visit her near relative, Elizabeth. What we have presented here for us are real events for us to affirm and so to fuel our real faith. This episode happens just after the episode that's known as the Annunciation, when the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and informs her that she's going to have this very special child. The angel, in uh, speaking to Mary, mentions her relative Elizabeth and her miracle baby. So Mary likely then made the trip in response to the angel Gabriel's implied direction to go and check out his story. See this miracle thing that has happened to your relative Elizabeth and be encouraged about the things that I'm telling you about you. In terms of literature, this section of Luke's gospel has an important function. It provides a significant bridge for us to consider. The Christmas section of the Gospel of Luke is made up largely, perhaps entirely, of two important stories, two important birth stories, that of John the Baptist and that of Jesus. Here in this visitation episode, these two separate stories are brought together. John and Jesus meet for the first time. And in terms of theology... What happens when John and Jesus, as yet-to-be-born cousins, meet for the first time, offers significant revelation from God, vital truth for us to grasp? And I put the revelation from God in this important text from Luke's Christmas story under three headings, and you can see them in your sermon outline. The way of God, the nature of humanity, and what I'm calling fetal wisdom. 
So let's look at our text for today. It's Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Let's pray. Lord, as we begin this Christmas season, this season of Advent together, as we look back to the events, the amazing events of your coming to earth for us, and as we look forward to your coming again, we pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to receive what you would give us through your word here today, our first gift of this Christmas season from you. And I pray these things in your name and for your sake. Amen. So today we're going to talk about what I'm calling John the Baptist's song and dance. John's reaction to Jesus is deeply meaningful. An unborn child is making a memorable proclamation. In Luke's gospel, this is the first announcement that Jesus has actually arrived on earth and now is to be found in his mother Mary's womb. The angel Gabriel informed Mary of what was about to happen. He doesn't declare that it has happened. It is the leaping John who tells us for the first time that Jesus is actually here. So the arrival of God the Son is announced in Luke's gospel by the miracle song and dance of a fellow pre-born human child. This is not the fantastically fertile imagination of two miraculously fertile women. There's a choice to make here. Is this a baby kicking like unborn babies do? And supernatural meaning is simply being attributed to it? Or is this an unborn child telling us something important? Believe what you will, but understand that what you choose to believe, you are believing by faith either way. But the Bible story, as told, clearly means us to understand that yet-to-be-born John is responding meaningfully to the presence of yet-to-be-born Jesus. And this is not like rocks crying out. Later in Luke's gospel, Jesus will enter Jerusalem triumphantly. And people are going to be praising him and his opponents, the religious leaders of his day, are going to scold Jesus and tell him that he needs to tell these people to stop doing this. It's not appropriate. And Jesus responds in Luke 19.40, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, 
the stones will cry out. God can animate a rock. So he can move a not yet truly a person fetus, can't he? John is not a rock. He is a real, live human being. And we have plenty of evidence to back up that um, assertion. His preborn reaction was foreshadowed by the angel that came to his father, Zechariah. Back in chapter 1, verse 15, we read, For he will be great before the Lord, the angel tells his father, Zechariah, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. John, from before he was born, was fulfilling his special calling from God, and he was mentioned by Israel's prophets centuries before his birth. More on that in just a minute. Unborn John is no rock handy in the moment for God to animate for his purposes. He is a precious person known by God before, during, and after he plays his part in the divinely designed drama. John's leaping response and silent song to Jesus, interpreted by his mother Elizabeth, tells us of three very important things, the way of God, the nature of humanity, and the surprise of fetal wisdom. First, John the Baptist's song and dance, his first Noel to Jesus, tells us of the way of God. I hope and pray that you catch a glimpse of this as God has been helping me to catch a glimpse of this as I've looked more carefully than usual at this text. Intimacy is the way of God. The God of all that is, the entire universe, and who is omnipresent, filling every corner of every place that is, meets us here on earth in the most intimate of places. Not only does God shockingly confine himself within time and in the small space of a virgin's womb, but also God makes his miracle presence known through one who is not yet able to produce audible speech and is hidden within his own mother. The intimate little dance of a child not yet free of his umbilical cord alerts the entire universe that God the Son has arrived. Intimacy is the way of God. I want God to do something about all the international terrorists. And he seems at least as much to care about the intimate ups and downs of my life and yours. I want the God of power to toss all the Republicans out of Washington as he is tossing out all the Democrats and replace them with God-fearing and true servants of the people with men and women of honesty and integrity and wisdom But the God of intimacy seems more interested in tossing sin out of my little heart and foolishness out of my little mind and replacing them with real righteousness and health-producing wisdom. 
Intimacy is the way of God. And humility is the way of God. As mentioned before, in Luke's gospel, this is the first announcement of Jesus' actual presence in the world. And it is made by the least likely of spokesmen. The greatest announcement of all time is made with astounding simplicity. It could not have been more understated. The arrival of the supernatural creator of the universe into his natural world, God Almighty taking up temporary and natural residence in a virgin's womb, is announced by a fellow preborn infant. Who is the original proclaimer of the grand miracle of the incarnation? A little child whose own presence in the world was barely perceivable. John the Baptist, from the womb, tells us of the humility of God, encouraging us to join with the psalmist, the writer of Psalm 113, who said, Who is like the Lord our God, who is enthroned on high, who humbles himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth? Then also, revelation is the way of God. God is always revealing himself to people who need to know him and trust in him. Revealing God's presence and the presence of God's Messiah, and it turns out they are one and the same, was John's vocation we see him fulfilling even before he was born. And this special calling from God was given to him at least seven centuries before that. He is the Elijah figure, as prophesied by the 5th century B.C. prophet Malachi. And you can read about that in your devotional book when you get to that text. Preparing the way for the Messiah and the day of the Lord. And when asked about who he was and what he was doing, John would later use the messianic words of the 7th century B.C. prophet Isaiah. I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness... Make straight the way of the Lord. What is God doing today to reveal himself and his salvation to us and to those around us? Revelation is the way of God. And then saving action is the way of God. God does more than simply reveal himself and his truth to us humans who have an uncanny and unhealthy knack for missing it. He acts on our behalf to make his salvation effective for us. That is the gospel. That is what Jesus is all about. And Jesus is the one for whom tiny John the Baptist was making preparation. John's dance predates and prepares for the soon-to-come song of the angels. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. Then John's song and dance tells us of the nature of humanity. We, friends, 
are in deep need. The nature versus nurture debate, which I first learned about taking psychology courses in college, I assume it's still a debate of some kind or another. The question of whether or not we are who we are mostly because of what's inside of us, our nature, or we are who we are mostly because of our environment, the things outside of us, our nurture. Well, when it comes to sin, it's nature. Sin in our lives is not merely a bad set of learned behaviors. There's what is called the moral influence theory of Jesus and his atoning work here on earth. This theory suggests, people write papers on this and probably get doctorates um, trying to understand this theory, But uh, this theory says basically that Jesus came simply to show us how we ought to behave so we would be able to change our behavior according to his good instruction. It's a silly theory. For this is clearly not enough. Not by a long shot. Sin is not merely what we do. It is who we are. And John from Elizabeth's womb helps us to see this. John's deeply personal reaction to Jesus is magnificently telling. He is apparently thrilled, deeply elated on behalf of humanity in general, but also, it seems, on his own behalf. At this point, though, he is an unborn child. What sins of any consequence has he committed up to this point in his life? I don't know what kind of womb rules he may have been violating, but we certainly are unaware of them. His reaction, I would suggest, indicates in part that Jesus' arrival is amazingly good news even for him, even now for him. Why? Because our problem is not rooted merely in the things we do, but in who and what we are. John, from conception, was terribly damaged, as are we all, by our sinfully corrupted, basic, fallen nature. And Jesus had appeared, and he would act to save John and all who would trust in him from their sins, as his name, Jesus, Yeshua, Joshua, which means Yahweh is salvation, or Yahweh saves as that name would indicate. So John dances in the womb. Why not? What could be more fitting? John heard the music of salvation being sung by God Almighty from within his human mother, Mary, and he started dancing to the tune. It has been said, it's one of my favorite sayings, those who hear not the music think the dancers mad. And I suppose this is true. But if you hear the music, it is madness to stand still. And then finally, John's first Noel offers us a heavy dose of what I am calling fetal wisdom. 
And once again, I have three headings here. Worship, mission, and dignity. You may notice, it's an accident, but I I love these kinds of things, as you well know. You may notice that this is WMD. And I would suggest for us that what John shares with us gives us a wonderful arsenal of weapons of mass dignification. Worship is our proper response to Jesus. What John did is what we are all to do. It is interesting to note that the word blessed that Elizabeth uses of Mary and of Mary's son as she interprets John's dance is the word eulogia. That's Greek. It's our word eulogy. And instead of being part of someone's funeral, it is used here at the time of someone's nearing birth. You, E-U, is that wonderful Greek now I can't think of the word. Um, uh, thank you, prefix. That's the word. Thank you very much. Uh, it's this wonderful Greek prefix that means good. You stick that in the front of a word and it's a good something. Logos means word or expression or logic or reason. So this is a good word. Worthy of our good words are you among women, Elizabeth says of Mary. And worthy of our good words is the fruit of your womb. This is the logic of meaningful, rightfully directed praise. John's dance predates and prepares for the soon-to-come song of the angels, glory to God in the highest. My welcome to this year's Advent devotional included this sentence. We believe that sharing in God's word and in the reflections of our leaders for a few minutes each day will help build your faith and blend your life song with that of the angels. Glory to God in the highest. Jesus, the Messiah, God the Son, is worthy of our utmost praise. All our best good words are properly directed toward him. John's first Noel wisely tells us to offer our own Noels for Jesus today. Worship is our proper response to Jesus. And then also, joining him in his mission is our proper response to Jesus. Jesus came to be the Lamb of God whose sacrifice would remove from us effectively, fully, and finally our sin. And Jesus did just that. John, from before his birth, joined Jesus in his mission. He spent his life figuratively and literally pointing to Jesus and declaring to all, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus, the now risen Savior, is still at work. How are we joining him in his work during this Christmas season? Joining him in his mission is our proper response to Jesus. And then finally, affirming our dignity and that of all our neighbors from before the cradle and after the grave is our proper response to Jesus. 
affirming our dignity. John the Baptist, in his first recorded act of faith, dances from within his mother, and he thus witnesses profoundly to the inherent dignity and value of every human person. You and I, even from before we were born, have transcendent meaning and value. Believe it. God says so. And John the Baptist, from before he was born, helps us to see this. My grandson, Gideon, lived for six months within his mother, Hannah, alongside his identical twin, Simon. Outside, here among us, he lived only another 21 days. He did not leave a clear and conspicuous mark on our world, but he did on the hearts of his family. He was and is a person of immense value and dignity, like you are. I wrote a song, a Christmas carol for him, and I'd like to close by sharing it with you with Melissa's help. It fits this message. And it seems a good way to kick off our first Noel's 2019 Christmas season together here at Covenant with a new Noel. It is called Born in Bethlehem or Gideon's Carol. Somewhere someone gently sings, my own what child is this? Away in hospital, no crib for my bed, like Jesus in his lowly On his cross and in his holy tomb, Christ did not stay so. After all our silent nights, comes his forever glorious day. Go tell it on the mountain, Jesus Christ was born, it's true, and hear the good news echo back on precious me 
and precious you. For every life is worth its own song, telling all the story of the gift of life, unique with angels singing out God's I was born in Bethlehem with Jesus Christ, my Lord. I belong to him by grace according to his word. Infant lowly, infant holy, Christ my Lord and I, like tender roses blooming in the cold of winter sky. Born again at Calvary, my Savior there I see. Jesus died his lambs to save, Jesus died for me. How silently the wondrous gift to me was given. So God imparted to my heart the blessings of my Christian friends rejoice with heart and soul and voice, O oh, sing, for now we need not fear the grave, our Jesus took its power, its sting. Oh, come ye faithful, joyful, and triumphant, come and see. In Bethlehem adore the King of kings now and
Christmas, one and all from heaven. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came for us. You came to save and you accomplished your purpose. Lord, we're grateful that you and your cousin John show us your ways. The way of intimacy. You come to each one of us in the quiet of our hearts. We are not part of a mass of humanity. You are not interested in public opinion polls. You are not interested in the sheer numbers of people who believe in you and follow you and serve you. You are interested in each and every one of us. Thank you for your way of humility that you that you came all the way down to us. You became one of us. You who created us all. Thank you that you reveal yourself to us and you are still in the business of revealing yourself to us today. And thank you that you are the God of action. You took action for us in Jesus Christ and you take action for us today. Lord, help us to learn from unborn John's example and respond well by worshiping you with all our hearts and joining in your work in your world for your redemptive purposes and affirming the dignity that is part of each one of us in ourselves and in all of those around us, those of all ages, of all cultures, of all nationalities, of all life circumstances. And we pray these things in your name and for your sake. Amen.